You're listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And in this podcast, we will talk about the sports of powerlifting, what it's like to be a female strength athlete, what it's like to be a strength coach, nutrition, tips to help yourself in your athletic endeavors, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive into today's podcast. Ooh, so we currently have the red hair. Okay. Yes. Just got it yesterday. Oh, yeah. I'm about to say, I saw, because, you know, I'd be stalking people. So I saw that like a while ago. I'm like, was that from recently? But nice. This is like the meat they hair. Yep, yep. Mm, Bring it some fire. I like it. Gotta be right on the platform. I was super excited. Thank you so much for saying yes to me. Of course. I'm excited to be here, too. Yay. Okay. So, Karina, I've been following you for a little bit and just paying attention to you. You have, there's a lot going on this page. Like, you have an incredible story and then how strong you've gotten is ridiculous. So, but I don't know what made you interested in getting started in powerlifting. I know it was 2017, right? Where you did your very first competition. Yeah. Um, I've actually been lifting my whole life, like since I was 17 and I'm, I'm 38. So, um, I got into lifting when I was younger because I wanted to tone up. (laughs) Um, I wanted to be skinny so bad. And so my mom had gotten me like a gym membership when I was 17 and I would go to the gym and I would do all my cardio and then I would do like a couple of machines and stuff. Um, and then I started like working with some trainers and then I actually got into personal training myself. Um, and I did that for like eight years, but I always wanted to compete because I knew I was strong. Um, but you know, back then, like what, 15 years ago, there wasn't really social media the way that it is now. And I didn't know anybody in the powerlifting world and I had no idea where to start. And I just really wasn't like in a mental place to even like do it. Um, so it's just, you know, it just finally, when I was, um, I actually got meningitis in 2016 and almost died. Um, and that was like my driving force to be like, you know what? I got a second chance at life. Um, I want to go chase my dreams. And that's when I decided that I wasn't going to care about anything anymore. I mean, like care what anybody thought about me because I thought there's no way I'm going to like powerlift and like wear a singlet and um, I'm not strong enough. You know, like the typical like first like newbie thoughts, like everybody's like, I'm not strong enough. I don't want to wear a singlet. Like I had all those same thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just decided that like at that point I was given a second chance at life. And after that, I was on the platform within like right under a year from almost dying wow like were you like like in the hospital like doctor saying like yo we're not sure yeah um I the the I had viral meningitis and the kind of virus it was a common virus um but the kind that it was it should have left me unconscious and like delirious and I never was I was conscious the whole time I was really sick um I think I was in the hospital for five days and I was just, I was really sick. And I remember they kept bringing in different CDC doctors because they keep retesting and they just couldn't believe that like I was okay. And then I think like on the last night I was in like a special TV room where it was like, you know, the like closed in and like, um, so in case it was 
uh, bacterial or like, cause it can be really contagious. Um, they, once they discovered that it was viral, okay, it's less contagious. They got everything under control. Um, they sent me downstairs to like the regular hospital. And I remember going down there and one of the nurses was looking at my chart and she was like, wow, we had a guy die from this same thing last night. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, it was wild. It took me like six months to recover from all that. Like I was sick for, from everything, like every cold, I hit some virus like a week later that like took me out again, put me back in the hospital. My immune system was just completely just overwhelmed at that point. Wow. It was wild. And then a year later, so six months of recovering just to feel good enough to like be a human and then six months to platform. Yep. Yep. I learned how to uh, like program myself in that time. I mean, it, it wasn't very good. <laughs> you're squatting, you're benching, you're deadlift. <laughs> hey, Kitty. I, um, I don't think I deloaded until, you know, like, you know, like 20 weeks in and then it was like, wow, I guess I should deload, you know, like, you, you know, beginner stuff, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we made it and then we learned. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's like, man, I can feel okay. I don't have to feel like death all the time. I can lift lighter sometimes. Okay. Right. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have like knee sleeves. And I was like squatting like in the mid five or mid three hundreds then. Like I didn't have knee sleeves until like a month before my competition. And no. like I, I didn't have elbow or elbow sleeves or wrist wraps. I had a belt. That was like the one thing that I like like saved up to buy because I didn't have that much money back then. Mm-hmm. But like I look back at the old videos and my knees now are like, ooh, how how? Hmm. <laughs> About that squat though. <laughs> Yo. What are we doing? <laughs> so then can I ask you, like, what made you choose USPA? I'm always curious because there's so many freaking options. Like, how did you go USPA route? It was actually the only thing that was like in San Diego at that time. And so, yeah, and I had met a girl at, I was like still training at like a commercial gym. And I had met a girl that like would work out there. She might have worked there. And she was like, oh yeah, I've been doing, I just did a USPA meet. And I was like, oh, and she's like, there's another one in like September. And I was like, oh, that's the one I signed up for. So we ended up like doing that together. So that was cool. So I wasn't there like completely like, you know, deer in a headlight just a little bit, but. (laughs) Oh, so you didn't have a handler either. Like you just went in and you were like, I'm going to squat when they say squat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My ex was with me, but he was trash. So he just like stood around like whatever. And I remember asking him if he could give me a bench handoff and he was like, no. So I was like, oh, okay. So I had to like ask like the spotter and the loaders. Like it was, when I look back at all that, I'm like, wow. Okay, thanks. That's pretty bad. That's a whole nother topic. (laughs) Well, I'm aware it's a whole nother topic. Because like I said, I'll be doing my stalking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but you made it to the first meet and you liked it enough to do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think my first meet, I totaled 1,072. 
And like I, I sandbagged myself because I just didn't know. Like I wanted to get like nine for nine. Like that was more mm-hmm. important. Um, and then I think I did a meet eight weeks later and I got like 1141. And then that just kind of like turned into like, all right, we're pretty strong. Let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing it right now. First meet 1074.7 pounds. And then yep, yep. 1140.9. <laughs> yep. Yeah beautiful so when it comes to like you were mentioning you got into lifting because you're like man I want to like lose weight and like be smaller and I know a Mm -hmm. big thing about you like a something you really seem to be passionate about is like you don't have to try to shrink yourself and be this world standard of like whatever beautiful is air quote because y'all can't see my air quotes with my podcast but (laughs) but like I would love to hear more about you say your mom got you a gym membership so it's like when you were feeling like, man, like I need to get smaller, be whatever, like how was, how was kind of she acting towards it? Was she like supportive or like saying, yeah, you do? My mom, I love her, but she's a very small, tiny woman and she cares so much about what everybody thinks. And so when I was like doing extreme dieting, like, I mean, fat burners, with uh, energy drinks and barely like literally starving myself and running miles a day and lose I would lost like 100 pounds like when I was like 17 almost 18 and she would just be like great job keep going and I look back at the pictures and my face my eyes were like black like my I had bags under my eyes I was 17 18 years old like I shouldn't have looked that sickly but I just kept I was starving myself and I just kept trying to get skinnier and skinnier and I got down to like 150 and I'm 5'5 like yeah 150 is fine but like it doesn't fit my frame like I'm not built that small um but she was just like yeah good job so now that I'm like I don't care like I I'm gonna get bigger I'm gonna get more muscular I want to be stronger like she hates it she absolutely hates it so I don't have support in that aspect she also hates my red hair she told me yesterday it was ugly well, I said I liked it, so sorry, mom, but no. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh it comes down to her being really insecure, and you know, I I guess I love my mom. This isn't a bash my mom thing, but she's very insecure and she doesn't understand how somebody could really love themselves and not fit into society's norm. Um, and the fact that I just don't care what anyone thinks, she doesn't understand that either because she cares so much. So she just doesn't understand at all. And, you know, there's no changing somebody who's 68 years old. (laughs) There's no changing their mindset. Like that's just, this is what it is. (laughs) So then can I ask you, like, what was like your turning point when you were 17, 18, like you're literally sick, like your mom is encouraging an eating disorder. You have a full bone ED. And obviously today we are a very healthy woman. It's like, what was the turning point where you were like, something needs to change? Cause like, I'm really threatening my health. Um, I mean, this went on all through my twenties, literally it, it, I wasn't able to maintain the 150 pounds. Um, but I, even as a personal trainer, I was, you know, like, almost required to stay as small as possible. Um, So when I got pregnant, uh, I was 29 when I got pregnant 
um, I gained a lot of weight and I ate, I ate a lot. I didn't feel good when I was pregnant. I was really tired. So like, I didn't cook much because I was too tired to care. And I was still working as a personal trainer. So I was on my feet and all I did was eat fast food and I didn't care. And after my son was born, I went back to personal training and I was trying to like run in the mornings with the stroller and the baby and he didn't sleep at all. And it was just, it was, it was a hot mess. And then my dad had died when my son was four months old. So like mentally, like trying to deal with all of that. And then they just were giving me problems at the gym that I was working at. So I, eventually I just said, you know what? Well, I had asked to leave for my dad's funeral. Well, not asked to leave, but let them know that I was going to go to Texas for my dad's funeral. And they told me that I needed to have a certain number of hours worked so, or I couldn't go. And I was like, that's not like, it's a, my dad died. Like it's, it's, I'm sure I could have like sued for like, they, they didn't fire me, but they, they pushed me to quit, but they wanted to fire me. But basically it came down to the fact that I hadn't lost the weight fast enough in their mind. Like, I'm sorry, four months after having a kid where I had a traumatic birth experience and a lot of things going on, like, I'm sorry, I didn't lose the weight fast enough. Like, <laughs> you know, so after that, I got another job and then it's my, I went back to the, like starving myself, running miles again, um, doing a bunch of cardio. I would, I would lift, I'd always lifted weights. I always did that. Um, but then um, that just continued until like my mid or like early thirties when, like I said, when I got the uh, meningitis and then after that, I said, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't want to be unhealthy. When I, when I got sick, I was eating like maybe 50 grams of carbs a day and like doing all this exercising and stuff and like working full time. And I was in the abusive relationship. So like my health was just trash. So it's like, it's not surprising that I got that sick, honestly. Um, but that kind of just made me realize, you know what, like I can't do this anymore. And then once I got into like, once I did my first powerlifting meet and I started meeting other powerlifters, I realized that like nobody cared what I look like. And everyone was just like, holy crap, you're strong. And I was like, this is cool. And it started to boost my confidence and it started. And then my, like my like chase to be stronger and like my just wanting to like chase those numbers and stuff really just turned around. Like my thinking from like, let's be skinny to let's get stronger. Let's eat. And I'd still do cardio because it's hard to like break out of those habits. Mm -hmm. And I would still do like cardio and try to stay like within a certain weight. And then I remember I worked with my first dietitian. I think it was, I think it was a nutritionist, not like a registered dietitian, but he was like, you need to eat like 300 grams of carbs a day. And I was like, sir, I'm going to gain so much weight. And he was like, no, I promise like you're going to feel good. And so I trusted him and I did. And I started eating like a regular, like athlete. Like I started tracking my macros and eating all these carbs and I got so buffed. like so fast and I was like yes this this is awesome so like that's really started like the turning point and then um what really just changed it was like when I was in that abusive relationship with the narcissist like he didn't want me to be confident and he didn't want me to love myself because then I would realize like what he was doing to me and I would leave but like so he would try to continuously like bring me down so I was just kind of like being like pushed and pulled like I was like pushing myself to want to be better and to love myself but then I was like being pushed down again because every day he'd make some comment or you know something 
And then I finally was able to break out of that relationship, like completely like, and I ran, I ran far away from the old me, like from him. And like, I learned how to set boundaries and keep them. And like, once I did all that, like just learning how to love myself and like value myself just as a person and like realize that like, I'm worthy of food, like regardless, like who cares if I'm skinny or not, I'm strong. And this is what I want to do. If I want to do cardio later in 10 years, five years, when I'm done, like really competing, competing, like then I can do that then. And I can, you know, work with my dietitian then and like try to lose weight, like whatever I want to do later, but not like for like vanity reasons, like for health or like just to feel better or whatever. Like at this point, I just want to wake up and be happy. Like I spent my whole life miserable and hating myself. Like that's not fun. And like getting out of this abusive relationship and like really finding myself and then like starting to climb the ranks and powerlifting, like that's fun. <laughs> like I want to be happy all the time. So that's like, that was really just like, there's just a bunch of events. And then thank, thank God I found powerlifting. Like it's changed my life so many, in so many ways. And now I'm just like, I'm here. Here's my crop top. Here's my belly. Like, I don't care what you think. <laughs> So can I ask you this then, because in a way that powerlifting help you get out of that relationship, I know this whole podcast is not just about that, but I did read a very recent post you were about like how this narcissistic relationship was like really dragging you down in every sort of way. And then you ran away from it. It was a whole game changer for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Powerlifting absolutely helped me because it helped me find people of, of like minds and like realize that like, I'm in like a, in a community where people don't care what you look like, you know, like when you work in like the gym forever and, you know, like back then when I was working in the gym, you know, like whatever, 10, 15 years ago, it was all about like how you look. And it was like a real toxic environment, but powerlifters, like nobody cares. Like I just switched gyms like back in January and they're all the guys are really young, but they're very nice. And, and it's been hot in the summer and we all have our shirts off and they've got their you know, bellies out and not everybody's got a six pack and they don't care that my belly's out. And like, I don't ever feel uncomfortable, but like just being around those kind of people in powerlifting absolutely changed everything for me and gave me so much more confidence that I could have ever imagined. So it's, it's something that I'm grateful for every day in all ways. That's like, seriously, that's so beautiful because like, in a way, and I've talked to a lot of people, it's just crazy how like this sport and the community that it brings can really be something that drastically changes life for the better. And like mm -hmm. with you pushing yourself to be like, wait, I can get stronger and feel good. And then you finally realize like this person not making me feel good at all. Like that was like the driving force, like one of them to help you get out. And like, when you say you ran far, like do you mean like you like legitimately got in the car and like drove across the country? like? No, I wish. I wish I could have. The, the problem was it was my house. So I had for months, I was thinking like, how am I going to get out of this situation? And like, I, I didn't have, he took all my money. I would go to work and he would take my money and I had to pay for everything. So like I was dead broke. And so I couldn't afford to like, just like break the lease or even just pick up and move to another place. And like, how am I going to tell somebody who's abusing me? Like, Oh, I'm packing up, but uh, you're not coming with me. Like that's not going to go over well. Yeah. And so I didn't know what to do. And I was started to like 
research and like talked to people that I knew that had like been in similar situations. And like within a month, he had attacked me in the middle of the night. And like, that's when he like threw my dad's ashes on the floor and like did all this crazy stuff. And I knew that I couldn't stay in this relationship for one second longer. And so I had called the police and everything. They had come out and they basically, they told me to leave. I was like, this is my house. I don't have money to leave. Like he doesn't, he, he works and he doesn't contribute. Like he can leave. And they were like, well, all his stuff is here. His mail comes here. So he has rights to live here. And that's how it is here. So like you could be, you could just be squatting in somebody's house. As long as you got stuff there, you got rights to be there. It is really scary. And so they basically told me that the only thing that I could do was get a restraining order and then um, go to court and get a legal eviction. So I did all that, but it still took, it took like, it was like a week before I could get a court date. And then it still took me from that week, another 30 days for him to be, or he got served and he still had 30 days to move out. So then once all that happened, I had to live with somebody who abused me for a month for more than a month, for like five weeks and like live in terror. And like, I couldn't lock my bedroom door because he had kicked it open. It's like, it was broken. So it was very scary. And it was like, I had no resources to go anywhere. My mom wouldn't help me. Um, I had asked her at one point, I was trying to leave him at one point and I asked her if me and my son could come and stay with her. And she said, no. And I was like, okay. So I didn't really have it. So, you know, it's not like you can just ask people like, hey, can I come live with you? Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) like and I didn't really want to like tell everybody like oh hey this guy's like abusing the out of me oops sorry um (laughs) um because you know it's embarrassing and uh so like once he left it was it was a whole nightmare and then finally I was able to like make money again and like save up and like I got you know started I was able to coach more people too because he would like like only let me coach like a couple girls and like you know it was just, it was a whole mess. Um, and then I, I was able to finally get out of my lease and they ended up selling that house. So then I was able to move and like disappear almost, but um, he's still, I ran into him like two weeks ago. He showed up somewhere that he knew I would be. So, but he was politely asked to leave, but it's like, what are you going to oh do? Oh my God. Like, that's insane. And they, (laughs) your son's waving at me and there is no, (laughs) hello. And there's like, like the police didn't even, I'm sorry. I'm so like stuttering right now. I'm like, the police did not help you. They did not help you. The system is really, it's really flawed. Um, And even, he had even broken into my house afterwards and and violated the restraining order like several times and I reported it each time and every time I'd get all right we'll look into it and of course nothing happened so and I had found out he had beat this girl unconscious like a month after he moved out of my house and like went to jail for it because like the the people she had done it in broad daylight so these people outside had seen it and like called the police and um she got taken to a hospital and stuff but then she didn't press charges and went back to him so they ended up dropping the charges so it's just like and that's what they assume. They would assume that I would do the same thing. So they're just like, whatever, we're not going to bother when I'm like, no, I'm really trying, like, I'm really trying to leave and like be safe. Like I have a child that I care about and it wasn't his kids. So it was like, I just want to be safe. Like we can, once I can break ties, that's it. We don't have anything keeping us connected. So 
it was wild. It was a lot, but all of that really changed me. It changed me in a lot of good ways and a lot of bad ways. Like obviously I didn't date for a long time <laughs> and uh, I didn't trust anybody. I just needed like time to heal. And, and with that healing that, you know, I came more of the self-love and more of like setting boundaries and learning how to keep those boundaries. Because anybody can set a boundary, it's keeping it. And I learned that keeping those boundaries is actual self-love. So, um, you know, a lot of good came out of it. It was, it was a lot, but there's, there's the end of the road. There's good things that came from it. And I'm on the other end of it and thriving and, you know, couldn't be happier, honestly. Can I ask you what pushes you to talk about it so openly? Just because it's so amazing that you are talking about it because it's something that people obviously hide, don't talk about, they're ashamed of it. And it's like, no, it needs to be spoken about because I even know people who have been in some bad situations and I know nothing happened to the person that was causing the abuse because they're too scared to even even try to go as far as you did when the police didn't even end up helping you out. Yeah, um, I talk about it because it's not talked about enough. And I, when I post about it, I get DMs from women that are like, oh my God, I, I just realized I'm in a narcissistic abuse relationship or, oh my God, I left a narcissist too. Like when I, I didn't realize that I was in a narcissistic relationship until like the end of it, when I started like researching and I was like, oh, this is bad. It's different. It's different than like a regular relationship, like, cause they don't want to just move on and let you go. Like it's, you know, it's different than an, a, a abusive relationship because there is so much mind games and manip manipulating and stuff like that so it really messes with your mind um so i think that because of that it's just it's really important to just speak out about it and to like take away that the like fear from women because women are so afraid to speak up and you know if if my story can help one girl get out of it and move on then i'll keep speaking because maybe it can help another you know um it's not easy. It's not easy to be open. It was, it was very embarrassing for me at first. Um, I felt like, oh, why would I allow this? And, you know, and sometimes people that don't understand it too, they make comments like, well, you're so strong. You could have beat him up. And I'm like, it's not, it's not about that. So I speak about it because I get that comment a lot. And I know a lot of other like women that are in like strength sports get that comment too. And people don't understand like the mind games and stuff that come with it. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, I'm strong, but like, I can't overpower a man who's on like a rage rampage. Like there's just no way at all. And so I will always speak up about it. Like, even though I've, I've healed a lot more and I speak less about it. Um, I still, you know, make sure that I do it occasionally because I know it's important to keep speaking about it. And I think one thing that really pisses me off, Karina, is that whenever I'm up, even near someone who's like, oh, Lynn, you lift, like, you can, you can pick someone up, you can, like, oh, and it's like, bro, like, what, why does me being strong enough to squat bench and deadlift very heavy mean that I am a violent person? Why does it mean that all of a sudden I know how to throw hands properly and I can just somehow easily beat someone up as if all of a sudden I'm Muhammad Ali and like, boom, they're on the, like, what's going yep. on? That's not yep. the case at all. <laughs> yep. And that's, we all get those DMs on dating apps it's all the same thing it's like oh you you're strong you want to wrestle oh yeah. you could take me oh I could take you and it's like are you like threatening me like 
how about you just accept that this is what I do and either you like it or you don't like it's not I don't walk around like I'm gonna fight you today because I benched yesterday like I don't care I go to the gym it's my therapy it's fun I love competing I love to get stronger like I like to be muscular I don't want to fight you I don't want to arm wrestle you and I don't want to toss you around no no that's my favorite one you, you think you could toss me around I don't ever want to touch you let alone toss you anywhere I was in Vegas last month and I was like at a random like pool and we had like a VIP area. So we had our own little pool and it was like um, friends of a friend and they're one of their friends was there. And we were talking, I was talking with my friend about, you know, I was getting ready to compete and stuff. And this one little skinny guy was like, you think you could lift me over your head? And I was like, my DMs just came to life. And I was like, I'm sure I could, but I'm not going to. And he's like, I only weigh like 145. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, uh, it, it would cost you a lot of money. Like, I just like said that. And then he goes, well, how much? And I'm like, no, sir. No, not going to lift you over my head. He's like, I just want to show my wife. I'm like, no, you don't. Stop <laughs> you it. have your own agenda. Stop it right now. <laughs> That's not what you want. You know, you're not going right. to go home and show that picture that someone randomly took to your wife. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. We already bro. know what you're going to do. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then, because I think, and this is just from me, and it might be because of who I follow, that more people are talking about loving yourself no matter what your size is. Do you feel like there's a lot more acceptance today than it was even a few years ago when you were like, oh my gosh, everyone's trying to push me to be this body type? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. There's definitely a big, like, love yourself movement that's been happening, um, and it sucks because it's still getting, we're still getting a lot of hate from people, like a lot. And it's all internet trolls and, and stuff like that. Um, but, and I get it all the time too. And I was just talking to a girl yesterday. She had posted on her story how she got fat shamed on TikTok, which TikTok is the worst. I get it really bad on there too. Really? Um, and I, I told her the same thing, you know, I get it too. Like these people don't know us. Like they don't know anything about us. Like they're not paying your bills. Like they're just stuck in like, they're either they're insecure with themselves and they don't understand how somebody could love themselves when they're, and they're stuck in like society says we have to be skinny because, you know, being bigger, we can't be valued. Like, I don't know who, who said that, but those times are over. Like, we're done with that. We're moving on. <laughs> but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot different than it was years ago. It's, we still have a long way to go. We have a long way to go before you can just openly be bigger and not be called fat or be told to do, go on a diet or be told to do cardio, you know? Um, but it's definitely, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction where a lot of girls are, are, are getting to that point too, where they're like, you know what? I want to love myself too. If she can do it, if she can wear a crop top, she can show her legs. Why can't I? Oh, she can go to the beach in a bikini. You know what? So can I. She can love herself. Why can't I? And I will forever keep posting about that too, just even if it inspires one other person, because I don't ever want to wake up and hate myself ever again, ever. After loving myself and waking up happy and just being happy being me, I can never go back and I won't. 
That is so, like, I'm just so happy that you come from a place of like, honestly, you went from rock bottom to like, I feel like the top, like in terms of like mental and just physical and everything. It's so amazing to see the incredible strong woman and be like, I'm strong. I love myself. And I'm going to talk to other people because I want you guys to be encouraged to love yourselves too. Like, it's insane to me. I've had, as like a nutrition coach, I've had people come to me like, man, I, I need to weigh this number. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, why? Like, yeah. weight class, blah, blah. No, like, so-and-so says. And I'm like, so-and-so said a number. Yeah. And it's crazy the amount of, like, unlearning I have to try to get people to do. It just for yeah. them to have any sort of health relationship with, like, eating any sort of food at all besides, like, cauliflower. And it's just insane yeah. to me. I'm getting it a little bit more these days. I'm like, what is going on where like someone was told that there's a number they have to hit and like and to be honest you may never see that number on a scale and I'm scared for you to ever see that number because really freaking low by the way and I'm like you know so it's just I just love that there's like an opposite movement happening because like it's it's just time for it (laughs) yeah it is and now the thing is like we need to get like doctors on board too like stop with the BMI stop telling us you know I go in like do you work out like yeah a lot how much uh four hours a day like four hours I'm like well yeah it takes forever to squat over 500 pounds and they're like why would you do that (laughs) I'm like y'all y'all need some education luckily I have a good doctor that's good I haven't seen her in a while and I had went in um, last year for my knee and she was like I would never say this to anybody but you got really big but like in a good way She's like, I don't remember you being this big. She's like, you're really muscular now. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> She's yes. like, I would never say that to anyone else. And I was like, oh no, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's crazy. There's just this giant gap between doctors and understanding anything about like proper exercise, anything about nutrition. Like the amount of people who come to me, like the I've gotten messages from my clients. Like my doctor just told me I should eat hundred grams of carbs. Like just just, like that's the number they say like the number I've heard that number so many times I'm like why who no right. <laughs> like and for what and I'll never forget when I went to a doctor because my I was like yo I have a little bit of wrist pain it was like years ago I have a little bit of wrist pain He's like what do you do I'm like yeah like, I start competing in the sport blah blah he's like well stop doing that like that was literally this man's response I paid and like, I went to it was like a specialty doctor I paid out of pocket he literally just says stop benching and I went home and that was it oh he said go buy a brace from CVS I was oh like sir I actually came here to see if you can maybe write me a prescription for like a x-ray to make sure I'm good <laughs> he's like right right stop benching it was like I'm going home and you're dusty yeah way, you're dusty okay <laughs> right right yeah so like yeah so there's just you know we can only get so far when we've got like opposite things like obviously and then the thing is, like, I'll post about, like, self-love, and then I get somebody who's like, you're just promoting obesity. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No. Like, you can you can be healthy and be bigger. And guess what? You can be on a weight loss plan, working with a dietitian, working with a nutritionist, losing weight a healthy way, and still love yourself. That's possible. So... You know, like y'all are just not reading what we're writing and not understanding what we're saying. Like we're not promoting unhealth because that's the last thing I would promote. Like once I'm done with this prep, you know, once I'm done competing, I'm going to take like a month off 
I'm going to do a little cardio for health. Obviously, I can't get much cardio in when I lift for four hours a day, have a full-time job, have a kid in sports. Like, that's the last thing I care about in prep. But, you know, I make sure my diet's 99% on point. Nice. But, you know, like, we can be bigger and not be unhealthy. We can go check my blood work. It's fine. We can check my blood pressure. It's fine. Like... You know, it's just, it's just mind blowing. It's just, it's people are just, they're not, they're not educated about it. They're not understanding it. They're just like, ah, she's fat. Oh my God. And it's like. <laughs> it, I mean, again, but they would never say it to your face, right? So, you know. No, 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 no. You know I wish they would. I wish they would. No, you know, because then they'd be like, oh, you're mad? Can you pick me up? I know, right? <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> no, <laughs> there really isn't any winning. <laughs> oh my God. But I do want to circle to your prep right now because I just saw you hit this nasty 365 bench press and it was like, <laughs> like, it was so nice. I was like, wait, she's benching 365. So I actually didn't post my top sets. I kept <gasps> all my top sets a secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i like to hear uh, this um i i think all the other girls that are in my competition have posted all their stuff and i just i just they were prs for me um they were you know coming back from injury they were kind of more like more special and i just kind of want to show up with a little bit of mystery um because you know i lost a whole year for squats and deadlifts like i came back fast and strong but I am back to where I was before uh, when I got hurt for squat. My deadlift mm -hmm. took off at least, but, you know, I lost some time. Um, so I know that I'm not going to deadlift or squat as much as the other, as at least two of the other girls, which is fine. Um, I'm obviously going to destroy everyone with bench, which is great. It's what I do. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to keep a little secret and uh, enjoy that week with my, my gym people and stuff because we, they all came together for me and it was really good. So that is awesome. Can we talk a bit about how like the injury set you back a little bit, but then you came back? <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, so I, well, I have no cartilage in my right knee, like behind my oh. kneecap. <clears throat> I ripped it off 10 years ago. I fell on my knee and like bent underneath me and it ripped off and I had surgery and they reattached it. Um, and they drilled into like my femur and they got the bone marrow blood to come out, bleed onto the cartilage to help it grow. Um, and they said it was basically like a 50, 50 chance that it would work. Well, it worked. I was young, you know, I was like 27, 28. Um, it worked and it healed well and everything. And they told me back then, you know, I would never squat, run, jump. Well, I went right back to running, <laughs> of course. And then I got into powerlifting um, and I never really had any problems until like the end of 2019, I started getting like, um, my knee would feel, my right knee would feel like really tight. And like, it was like pulling in the back. And I, of course, I didn't go to the doctor because, you know, why would I? <laughs> and we'll come to find out I have a, I had a cyst in the back of my knee, but basically that cartilage is now worn off. It's just what they found out from the MRI. The cartilage is gone. Um, and then because it's gone, my knee is creating extra synovial fluid and just to, to you know uh, lubricate it and then that's causing a cyst and that's what causes the tightness and the feeling and like pulling in the back so I saw the and then so I had 
squatted like 525 for two in sleeves last year. And then I, I was fine. I went through my whole, my whole workout, all my back down sets, SSV, deadlifts, everything I have to do for all this stuff. I ended up having to pull out of USPA nationals, which was fine because it was COVID year anyway. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, crap. But uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I could like barely move my knee. And like my quad was like, it just hurt really bad. And I was like, what the heck? So I um, ended up seeing the, I have like a chiropractor that I go to every week and I'd seen him and he's like, I think you'd like strained your quad tendons. So, you know, so I talked to my coach and he's like, just pull out. Like, there's no reason for you to even like attempt to do anything. Like, cause I was like, what if I rest for like three weeks and then we just like see what happens. And he's like, no. <laughs> like, good try but not happening yeah <laughs> try again I'm like okay so I'm gonna pull out and he's like yes yes you are and I'm like okay so I did that and then me and my son went to the beach and so my I had been limping on my leg for about a month at this point where I hadn't even used my quad and we went to the beach and we like got hit by a wave and my foot got stuck in the sand and then my son got knocked down and he fell into the back of my knee, which hyperextended it. And it just completely knocked my patella out of place. And I could feel it. It was just like crunch, crunch, crunch all through my whole knee. And I was just like, this is not good. Oh, no. So my chiropractor attempted to get it put back in no. place and it wouldn't, it wouldn't go. Okay. So that's when I was like, well, I guess I have to go to the doctor now. So that's when I went to the doctor. She, um, well, first I go in and I go see like whoever's available and they're like, we'll do an x-ray. So then she's like, oh, are you lifting right now? And I'm like, no, I'm just doing upper body. And she's like, okay, just keep icing it and taking Motrin. And they did an x-ray. And of course they email me and they're like, your x-ray is fine. I'm like, yeah, I know. And she's like, if there's still a problem, you can request a phone appointment. I'm like, who's going to talk to my knee? Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, about what? <laughs> my, my knee's like, hello, I still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so then I finally got into my regular doctor and I told her everything and she was like oh and I was like I had surgery on it before she's like oh you need an MRI and so that's when I went like literally the memory popped up like two days ago that I was like limping through the hospital to get my MRI and then I see the surgeon and he was like well you have zero cartilage your patella is still dislocated um you don't need surgery though like there's there's nothing that we can surgically fix um, he's like, you can start like um, physical therapy to try to like activate my, basically activate my glutes and let that, you know, so my quad can stop doing things and like, you know, leaving my patella alone. And then he was like, well, you can do a, um, a shot in your knee of a hyaluronic acid, which is like basically like a big gel. And what the gel, it would give it a cushion. It would almost give it like a cartilage. Um, and he's like, it's safe. There's no, um, you know, something that your body naturally kind of makes anyway. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like cortisone shot where it could really like mess things up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm down to try it. So we did that. And then like within a couple of days of that shot, my patella trap. And I was like, oh, I can walk. Yay. <laughs> and so I think it tracked around like, um, like mid November last year. And so then I slowly started squatting again, like very carefully. I would deadlift off blocks and I was benching this whole time, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started squatting again, like right around New Year's. Um, so I told my coach like, okay, ease me back in. 
So he eases me back in with a 10 by five at 295. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, I remember texting him and I was like complaining and he's like, it's not even 300 pounds. Are you kidding? And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, like, but for real, you had not squatted in a long time though. <laughs> like, I was like, it was 10 sets, sir. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of volume. <laughs> So from there, like we were able to like gauge, like I didn't have any pain and I was able to like, um, just keep going. And so then I was like, all right, he's like, you need to do a comeback meet. So then I got invited to the showdown and he's like, you need to do like a comeback warm up meet where we don't push you, but we need you to get, get you through prep and like get you back as close to squatting, you know, 500 as you can and, and all that. So that's when we did, we started that in like February and I did that meet in uh, May <clears throat> and we just picked like it was an APF meet which I'd never done APF before but mm -hmm. he had a bunch of like his athletes we had all just done it because his friend like runs the APF out in Phoenix so we all just kind of like checked out there to go do it and I was like I don't care because if it would have been like USPA or something with like records I would have been like oh well let's just push a little harder and get this record so yep. I was like you know what? it's good because I don't really care um, and I still ended up matching my best sleeve squat at 512 okay. and I got a little bench PR on the platform at 368 or 363 and then uh, I got a deadlift PR at 523 so that was cool uh, and it was all like easy so I was like oh okay and then I had like a month between that or like five weeks before I started prep for the showdown where I had like a little off season and he was like I need you to push yourself so I was like all right it's like I want to come back from this uh, that and that little meet gave me that confidence like that reminded me like oh I'm Godzilla like I'm ready go let's go so yeah. it gave me that confidence that I needed going into prep and it's just my whole prep has pretty much been like rep PRs it's been wild yo that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'm like wow I'm 38 and like stronger than I've ever been like this is insane I need to ask you how did Quadzilla become your name um, I don't know. I, my friend used to call me like Calfzilla when I would go snowboarding and he would like try to like lace up my boots and like we couldn't get them like laced. And he would always be like, geez, Calfzilla. And then I remember my first Instagram name was like Gary's mommy or something, you know, like the typical, and it was all like pictures of my son. Uh -huh. But then when I started, like, before I started powerlifting, like I had, I was like training more seriously, like getting ready to start powerlifting training. I remember thinking, I need a new name. And then it was just like, I don't know, Quadzilla just came to mind. And then I was like, well, I'll just throw the 609 on there because it's San Diego area code. And, uh, and then I'm a little like, no, I'm from San Diego. <laughs> and it just like became, it just became Quadzilla after that. <laughs> nice. It's a perfect name. Very fitting. And so I was like, did someone say like, hey, Quadzilla? And you were like, yo, that's it. <laughs> I'm sure they have in the past, but it was just kind of like sitting around one day, like I really need a new Instagram name because you know, like Gary's mommy isn't a like cool <laughs> one. <laughs> oh my god! Good reason to change it. Good reason to change it. Ah, uh, okay. So you don't have to tell me what you're gonna try to hit the showdown because obviously you're trying to keep it a little secret. I don't but... even know yet. Actually. Oh well, there you go. I don't know my openers. I don't know my numbers. I will get them tomorrow. Um, but you know, we're, we're hoping for like mid 500s for everything. Um, and then 
as close to a 400 or a 402 bench if it's there as possible. Yo, I cannot wait to see this. I'm so excited. Ah, okay. I need to ask this too. And so you've been doing this for a while now. What has been your best meet ever in terms of experience? Doesn't have to be like numbers, but experience. Like, man, this was the meet that I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, I love this sport. Um, I don't know. They almost, all of them, like, I, I've never really had like a bad meet or like a bad experience. Um, I guess like maybe my first, the first Kern that I did, I did the Kern US Open in like 2018 was like my first rap meet. So that was kind of like a lot to learn like with wraps and like the timing. Um, but that was the first meet where I had a friend help me and I had a handler. Um, so that, that helped me to learn a lot too. Um, but I don't know, every meet's been like different. I just, I enjoy it so much. I love being on the platform like so much and like everyone looking at me and like screaming like it really just really I love that <laughs> um so every one of them is just like that was the best time ever <laughs> nice. um my comeback meet was just like amazing because it was like as soon as I finished my third squat like I knew I knew that mentally I was back and like there was no stopping me so like that was super cool because it was like scary to squat like the whole prep and like everything and then I was thinking what if I blow out my freaking knee again like in the middle of this meet like you know just those stupid things that cross your mind so I mean I think that honestly was like the best because it was just like I'm back like I, I just overcame so much in like six months and like I'm back like that was just really cool like a really a really like unbelievably grateful feeling I remember like driving home from Phoenix like crying like tears of happiness just for like how grateful I was to like do that meet and like even to like PR like a little bit and like it didn't get hurt and it just felt so good. I was just driving home like crying like this is so amazing. <laughs> oh my God, yes. So that actually makes me think though, you're talking about raw and wraps. Which one do you prefer? Cause wraps uh, are a whole other thing with a lot more work and you need a whole team of people helping you out. But like some, I mean, it adds so much to your squat though. Like it's a whole, it's a different squat. Yeah, I mean, I like it because obviously you're going to have a huge squat. Um, and then it's like, I kind of want to do wraps again maybe next year, but then I don't know how my patella is going to feel about it. But like, maybe if I wrap it tight enough, like it'll feel good. Like, I don't mean. But yeah, it, it requires so much more. Like, I need the same person to wrap me the whole prep. Mm -hmm. I need them to come to my meet and wrap me. Like, and then on top of that, I, I still do, my coach still programs all this sleeved prep. I would have to do all these, all this, like I'd have to do my wrap singles first. I'd get like three singles, like every other weekend wraps and it would be like stupid heavy. And then I'd have to go back into sleeves and you know, you got to work up in sleeves, then do a warm up in wraps, then hit your three singles, then go back to your sleeves and hit all these back down sets in sleeves. So it's just okay. like, it would take hours, okay. uh, but but, you know, it's fun. Of course, like having a huge, I would love to hit like over 600 in wraps, which I think would be there now at this point. Mm. Um, but it's just like, it just requires so much. That's <laughs> like, the thing, man. It's like, like I'm relying on someone. Yeah. 
Like I'm yes. fascinated by it. And I'm like, yo, I want my squat to blow up. Like I want to add like 40 pounds tomorrow to my squat. But I'm like, but then I need like a crew and this person has to be there. And oh, yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like all of a sudden like, yes, I'm like, I can't just like go train when I feel like it. I have to like make sure my friend's there to like train. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so yep. I commend yep. y'all. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I'll stay sleeved as much as I can, but we'll see. We'll see if I get back in wraps or not. Okay. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I have one more question for you. If you could change anything at all about the sport of powerlifting, what would it be? And it can be anything from like how many federations there are, how meets are run, how people act, like anything at all that can make it more positive. Uh, how people act for sure (laughs) um I I just wish that more people would just be like like just like worry about yourself like let these other people lift like stop with like the elitist attitudes like we're all here to do the same thing like yeah you know not everybody's gonna make it to the top but like don't take away their hard work because they're probably still working to like 100% of their capacity they're just not genetically built the same as like people other people you know and just like stop with the drama and like just again just mind your business let people lift let people enjoy it um it's like there's every time you know you log on instagram there's some kind of drama somewhere and it's just like i try to stay out of that as much as possible and just you know mind my business but that's what i would change absolutely (laughs) that's literally i was in a podcast with bria robinson and she was like that that was basically what she said like yo people need to support other people and stop with being like egotistical and like oh i'm better than you and it's like okay you can squat more than me but you're not doesn't mean like you're a better human being than me right exactly yeah exactly i love bria by the way she's amazing dude she's awesome it was a fire podcast i was so excited yeah. about her i started um, listening to it the other day and then i got super busy but i, I had got like halfway through it and i was like yeah you guys are awesome and i'm super excited too because i'll be at the showdown so hopefully i can meet <sighs> you yay oh my god yes please that's so Absolutely. cool that's exciting yes <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, someone DM me like, hey, like, what makes you want, like, what motivates you to do like this amount of podcast like so quickly? I'm like, girl, if I make the friends before I get there, I got people to hang out with when I go. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I get to hear your story. That I know you already. It's great. <laughs> yes. Heck yeah. Yay! I'm so excited. Me awesome. too. Karina, thank you so much for your time today. Thank I really love having one. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. And guys, I catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. If you made it this far, then please do me a huge favor and subscribe and leave a five-star review. 